The questions many times that people have about God are questions of His existence. There's some people that, that spend their time questioning the existence of God, questioning the existence of a, of a higher power. But once, once you come to the place of accepting the reality that there is a living God, then, then many and most questions about His sovereignty and about His majesty and, and, and many other things, those, those began to, to drift away. The biggest step for most people is just accepting the fact that He is alive and that He does exist. And once you accept that and come to believe that, then you recognize His abiding presence in your life over and over and over again. Where other people pass things off as chance or happenstance or we say, I saw God in that situation. I know God was present there. I know God was working on my behalf. We serve an awesome God and I'm thankful that He is here even today. Amen. You may be seated. Good to see everyone in this place on Sunday morning, I know that we are in the, uh, the middle of July, and uh, that is not only just uh, near the halfway point of the year, but it's also kind of the halfway point through summer, and, and all kinds of travel takes place, and, and vacation, and things go on, and, and we as a church know that it's, it's through the ebb and flow of everyday existence that you just come to understand that no matter what's going on in your world, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening on the calendar, God is still there. Amen. And He's very consistent and He is there to strengthen and help and meet and answer. Amen. Today I'm going to be talking to you about not underestimating it's importance. Now, you don't know what it is or what it is yet, but you will in a few moments. And I wanted to start today by just uh, saying we do ourselves a great injustice when we underestimate the importance of the subject that I'm going to talk to you about this morning. So I want you, if you can, to lock this away in your mind, and when you leave here today, it will hold an even uh, greater significance in, in your life. At the beginning of this past week, I had a specific Bible verse that was rolling over and over and over in my mind and, and spirit. And in fact, I, I was not just thinking about the verse, and, and considering the verse, but I'd actually, and in, I guess inten intentionally and deliberately started acting on the verse that was resting in my spirit. You know, there's a lot of times that we think about verses or there, there is a uh, phrase in the Bible that comes to us and, and it passes through our mind or it passes through our spirit and uh, we, for the moment, we're, we're encouraged, and for the moment, we're like, man, I'm glad I thought of that verse. 
But, but there's a whole different realm and there's a whole lot of things that began to transpire when you take verses out of the place of just thinking about them and actually starting to act upon them. Amen. It's kind of like what uh, I believe it was James talked about in the New Testament. He said for us not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word also. So not just hear the word, but take action on the word. So uh, at the beginning of this last week, there was this word that was in my spirit, and I deliberately, I intentionally started acting upon the word that was rolling over in my mind. And it was only a few hours later, just a few hours after I had taken that step, that a minister friend of mine posted on one of the social media outlets uh, that I'm on, he, he posted the exact verse that, that I had been thinking about that day. And uh, I, I found it ironic, but it was uh, a little bit encouraging too at the same time. So it was the exact verse, and he went on to make a few comments that spoke directly to what I was already focusing on. So I was thinking about the verse. I had taken action on the verse. A few hours later, a friend posted the very same verse and then made a few recommendations about uh, his take on on that, that verse. Here's what he said. He said, dwelling on disappointments will not only steal your joy, but also your time. Both are far too valuable to be given to a defeated foe. Don't give your joy over to a defeated foe. Don't give your... He, he was talking about time. Don't give your time over to a defeated foe. Make sure that, that you hold on to your joy, that you hold on to your time because your time is valuable. And if you take the precious time that you have and you give that time over to the thoughts and feelings of disappointment, you will never get that time back and the disappointment will never take you into the positive places that you want to dwell. Now, he went on and made a suggestion that if you're going to do that, if you're going to regain your joy, if you're going to take back your time out of the, the hands of disappointment that he recommended starting with a verse in the Bible found in Philippians, Philippians 4 and 8. Amen. Don't you love it when God does that kind of stuff, when those kind of neat things happen in your life? You're thinking about a verse, you start acting on the verse, and then someone comes along and speaks the same verse into your life and even gives you a word to say, don't turn, let, don't let disappointment steal your joy. Don't let disappointment steal your time because there's a verse that you can start with. And this is the exact verse. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, 
Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. See, disappointment will will steal your uh, frame of mind from being in a positive place. Disappointment will steal your thoughts from being on the potential of what can and could and should happen in your life because you are a child of God. So so the writer is saying, and he names those six things, he said, think on these things. Think on these things. The word word think is, is a verb, and I know that some of you are are much more adapt in the English language and in grammar and all of that, those kind of things. Uh, but, but a verb, as far back as I can remember, denoted action. It, it, it denoted state, a state. Um, it denoted, I think by definition, sometimes even the comparison or the joining of two things. And, and that's a verb. So, so the writer is saying, take action. Don't don't just sit back and let life happen to you. Don't just let circumstances and situations rule you. Think on these things. Think on these things. And so I I did a little bit more study here and went into the actual translation in the Greek of of, of what what Paul was talking about here. And this word, think, is, is, is translated in, in the King James Version in different ways um, to impute or reckon or count or account or suppose or reason or number. This is, this is, these are the, this is the same Greek word and it's translated in many different ways, but, but to reckon or to, to think is to count or to compute or to calculate. He's saying, don't just set back kind of in a daze about what's happening, take action and began to think. Take into account, make an account of uh, a thing that is reckoned as or to be, to be something, uh, to number among. These are all, all of, of, of the greater definition of think. To reckon, to account, to reckon inward, to count up, to weigh the reasons, to deliberate. He's saying... Deliberate over this. Add the things up in your life. Uh, Go to work here. Weigh out the reasons. Reckon up all the reasons. Gather. Consider. Weigh. Meditate on. Suppose. Deem. Judge. Determine. Purpose. When you read that word think, there's a whole lot that's involved there. Think about it. Determine purpose in your mind. And he even goes on and says, decide. You make a decision. Instead of letting my mind be overwhelmed and distracted with disappointment and discouragement, I am deciding to think about things differently. I am making a decision not to live in this state right now. Okay. Uh, It goes on to say, this word deals with reality. I like that. Because sometimes 
What, what fills our mind and heart is not reality. Okay? Sometimes what overwhelms us is not the real story. Okay? And so this, what Paul was saying is, if you think in these terms, then you will deal with reality and not something made up or, or, or assumed. He, sec- he said this as, as explaining it. He said, I reckon, if I reckon that my bank book has $25 in it and it has $25 in it, otherwise I'm deceiving myself. The word refers more to a fact than supposition or opinion. You may, you may be living your life in the area like I talked about last week, and, and some of you will remember that, that message, and it's kind of a, a carryover to some of, some of that that we were talking about. But if, if, if you live your life in the area of assumption, you'll be disappointed often. Somehow you have to go from that realm and that arena into an arena where things are fact, where things are reality, that, that it's actually what is taking place, that, that when you think like this, then you're not, you're not thinking, oh, there's $25 in my bank account, but you really know there's not $25 there. And so you just think, if I start thinking there's $25 there, then all of a sudden there's going to be $25 there. That's not fact. That's not reality. That's not the kind of thinking that Paul was talking about. That's wishing. <laughs> all right? That's, that's, he's saying start dealing in the area of reality. There's 25 there, so you're thinking there's 25 there. All right? There's confirmation. Now, I'm going to go on and explain this for uh, just a little while because I want you to, I want you to uh, get a real clear picture of this. So, so you're taking inventory. You're estimating, literally, uh, figuratively. You're concluding. And, uh, and this is where it all this is where it all comes from. Now, there may be some sitting here today saying, uh, that's, that's just impossible. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. And so reality for me is it hurts. They don't like me. It fell through. This is the report. And that's reality. And that's not going to change no matter how I think. And so, so you may be sitting here today saying it's impossible to think above what's actually going on in my life. And everyone has a right to their own opinion. And be that right or wrong, you have a right to your opinion. You either think it can happen or you don't. And it's easy to get into the mindset that everything in life is difficult. You ever been around people that way? Everything in life concerning them is difficult. It's difficult. Everything about life is difficult. Everything about life is challenging. Everything uh, about life and everything is leveled against them. Nobody else in the world has a target on their back but that individual. They're the one that has the target on them. It's always challenging. It's always difficult. There's all, I'm always coming under attack. And in fact, that may be what's happening in your life. I'm not going to stand here today and tell you that 
everyone that I pastor, everyone that I have pastored has, has traveled an easy road. I would never tell you that. Because I wouldn't want you to walk out here feeling like somehow you're, you're beyond the help that I'm going to minister to you about today. Yes, that may be the fact. It may be difficult. It may be challenging. Every time you turn around, something may be leveled against you. And, and, and I will tell you as a pastor, I see it over and over and over again. But my question to you today is, if that's the fact, what are you going to do about it? Some people might not have the same path and road that you have. And, and yours may be quite challenging. But the question I have for you today is, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to spend your time saying, it's difficult, I'm challenged, everything's against me, and, and every day keep rehearsing that, and every week and every month and every year, and you're going to live your entire life, and in fact, it may be that way, or, or, or are you going to choose to do something about the situation? All right? This, this goes back to what Paul was talking about when he said... Think on other things. Take action no matter what may be going on in your life at that time or what may have been going on in your life for some time. And we all know that, that there are, are some things that we can change by decision. Let me see the show of hands. You know that if you make a decision, there's some things in your life you could change. But you also know there are other things that no matter what you do, you can't change it. Okay? I can't change people. I can't change some circumstances. The things that I can change, I'll give attention to. And the things that I cannot change, I will not let it steal my joy or rob my time. I can't do anything about it. So I'm not going to live frustrated thinking that at some point it's going to be a whole lot different. Amen. But either way, either way, whether you can change it or not, I want you to see this today. It's our choice how I'm going to face those things. It's my choice how I face the things that I can change, and it's my choice how I'm going to face the things that I cannot change. It's up to me. How am I going to face those things? What am I going to do about those things? And so, personally, and I'll just give you a quick, a quick testimony for me. My plan is to always, everybody say always. always. Say it's pastor's plan. Say it's pastor's plan. To always, 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 always. It's my plan to always Go forward one way or another. That's my plan. That's my testimony. That's my word. That's my decision. That's where I'm living. That's where I'm going to live. That's where I've lived for a long time. And that's where I will continue. 
to live. No matter what phone call I get, no matter what report I get, no matter what conversation I have, no matter what I experience, no matter what I have to face, no matter what I'm going through, my, my decision a long time ago was to always go forward no matter what comes my way. And so when death comes and sickness comes and hurt comes and rejection comes and pain comes and anybody know what I'm talking about? And I've experienced many of those and all those. When it comes, I have made up my mind a long time ago. I'm going forward. It doesn't matter who comes, who goes, who stays, who leaves, who supports, who's against. I really, really, really have moved that into another area. I am determined to go forward. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm not going to go backwards. I'm going forward in Jesus' name. And that's how I'm going to face every situation Whether I can change it or not, I'm going forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Forward. Forward is the way that I'm going. Now, how do you do this, okay? I'm not just going to uh, throw this out and and preach this to you without giving you some some tools to leave here with today. And how do I do this? How, How do I go forward? How do I elevate my thinking? How do I go from the things that I can see that look like more reality to the things that I can't see and know that Paul was saying what you can't see is more of reality than the things that you can see. So start thinking about it different. How do I do that? It doesn't sound, uh, it doesn't sound easy, but how, how do I do that? Well, well, Paul said that, and I mentioned it earlier, the way to do it, at least one of the ways to do it, is to think differently. Think, decide to think differently. All right? Don't underestimate the importance of keeping your mind and thinking in the right place. And you let your mind run amok. You let your mind get away from you. And you will... You will put things together and imagine things and assume things and and believe things. And and it's your mind, everybody say, playing tricks on you. It's your mind playing tricks on you. So, So don't underestimate the importance of keeping your mind and your thinking in the right place every day, all day. Keep your mind in the right place. Now, this is what Peter said. Peter said this in 1 Peter 1.13. He said, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. Mind. Gird up. You know what's interesting about this word? Is Paul said, think, which is action, a verb. Peter said, gird up, which is action and a verb. Same thing. Gird up, get busy, take action, be prepared. And it's a metaphor, okay? Many times in the Greek language, words were used as a metaphor And and they described 
a, a picture. And that's kind of the way the, the Greek language plays out, that, that when a word is used, it causes you to think of a bigger or greater scenario and a picture that's painted in your mind. So this metaphor is derived from the practice of, of the Orient. And this is actually what he was saying. Who, in times past, in the Orient, in order to be unimpended in their movements, they were, they were accustomed to, when starting a journey or engaging in any type of work, to bind their long, flowing garments closely around their bodies and fasten them with a leather belt. So, so what Peter is saying is, when you gird up the loins of your mind, the picture is as someone in the Orient with a long flowing robe is going on a journey or they're about to attempt something and they know that this is going to trip them up or it's going to hinder them from the journey that they're on. They will take the garments and they will fold them up around their waist and then take a leather belt and tighten that up where the robe is not flowing, causing them to trip or not being able to move forward in their journey. So they remove, if you will, all of the potential distraction. They remove all of the potential hindrance by girding their garments up so they can go forward. And this is what Peter was saying, gird up the loins of your mind. Grab everything that could trip you up. Grab everything that could stop you from what I said earlier, going forward no matter what happens. Get all of that, pull it together, bind it up together, gird it and take charge of your mind so you can go forward. Amen. Now, this gets even even more interesting to me. Not only did he say to gird up or tie those things together, but he named something specific. Loins. Gird up the loins of your mind. Why didn't he just say mind? Gird up your mind. He wanted to, he wanted to get to where we really live. Okay? And so he, he adds a word here, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, this is an interesting word too. And it, it plays out as, speaking of loins, it could be the hip region, all right? And, and some look at it that way, to gird about the loins, like I was saying with uh, those in the Orient, Orientals, that they, they take it around their waist, their garments around their waist, tighten it up and put a leather belt there. So he's saying, gird up the loins of your mind. A loin or the, the two loins is a place in, in, in referenced in Hebrew terms and, and thought through many generations as the place of generative power. It's where... Things generate in the loins, okay? This is where generations come from. This is where it resides. And so, uh, of a, uh, uh, 
And really, really, I, I think this is interesting. When you study what he was talking about out, you find out that loin, in its definition, was speaking toward procreation. Okay? Not, hear me, I'm going to be technical with you today, not reproduction. Okay? So we can easily think when you say loins where genitive power comes from that it's reproduction. Gird up the loins. So that's the area of reproduction. But what the definition in its fuller term means is procreation, not, not reproduction. There's a big difference in those two. Okay? And, and, and I have to get here because of where we're going. I want you to understand this and see it clearly. Getting our mind on other things like a distraction, okay, is a way that many times we cope with what we're going through. Okay, you're going through stuff and you need a distraction to get your mind off what you're going through. Okay, you may have a headache on the job and, and that headache may be driving you crazy and you're sitting at your desk or you're working doing whatever it is and you have a splitting headache and it's bothering you. What happens if you accidentally drop a file cabinet on your big toe? You forget your headache. All right? Your, 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 a friend of mine was helping me uh, put in a, a back patio sliding door many years ago. And he was, I, got, I was building at that time and, and also pastoring. And he was an evangelist that was preaching for us, Okay. He got it in his mind that he wanted to go help me during the day, all right? He preached full time. He didn't build houses. I did both. So he decided he wanted to go with me to help me work on a home that I was building. And uh, he said, well, yeah, and told me I have a little bit of construction uh, uh, connection because his brother is like a master plumber and owns a business and and I have some of my family you know maybe built a birdhouse <laughs> a generation or two ago he said I want to go with you okay and I and I'm spending my day uh, letting him follow me around and pick up stuff and do things and trying to get him involved and so we're get to this back patio uh, door and we're going to put this in and he wants to help me put it in and so we're putting it in and 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 I have this headache of him tagging along with me and I'm not getting everything that I want to get done that day because I'm entertaining and all and so I, I'm thinking man if I can just get through the day and I'm holding the door and he said man, let me hammer some of that okay here's a hammer and I'm holding the door and he missed the nail and hit my hand okay immediately I Zach I forgot about the pain that he had been all day with me and I started thinking about the pain that I was having in my hand because he hit my finger. I mean, if you're going to hit anybody, hit yourself. But he hit me. But it was a distraction. It got my mind off what a pain he was. It got my mind on all of a sudden what kind of pain I was in. It's like when you're, you're overwhelmed with certain stuff and you, you go after, you seek after something else to get your mind off of it. You know what? It's not changing the situation necessarily, but it's causing you not to spend your time 
focusing on that situation.